Hey, hey, lovebirds. Welcome to the For Richer or Poor podcast. I'm Jane. And I'm Jake. Today's episode is going to be a real treat because we have with us Amber and Danny from Deeply in Debt, and they are sharing with us their student loan debt repayment story. Now, when I say student loan debt, I don't mean they have a couple thousand dollars in student loan debt. They have a couple hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt. And they're going to walk us through things they wish they knew before they took out that debt, maybe what they would have done differently, and how they have not let that debt paralyze their progress. So if you are someone who's listening and you don't think this situation applies to you, I encourage you to still keep listening because the tools, the resources, the logic that they use throughout this entire process to really fight what normal society would tell them is important and the values and principles that they hold as Christians to make these decisions can really help us in so many more situations than just paying off debt. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Tell us kind of about yourself and your debt-free journey because it's incredible. So I went to law school. Danny went to dental school. My very last year of law school, I... People started talking about student loan debt, and I was like, oh, I should probably check our balance on our student loans. Like, we haven't looked at it since it started. I opened mine, and it was a much higher balance than I had thought. I thought I was around $30,000, and I was more like $45,000. And I had, like, a slight heart attack because I hadn't realized that debt had been accruing while we were in school. And I knew that Danny's tuition was about $50,000 per semester. And I just had a little heart attack knowing I was going to open that and be way more interest on his loan. Um, so that was kind of what motivated us to like start thinking about paying off our student loans and getting going with that. Well, and just as we started trying to plan on, okay, how are we doing this? What should we do? You kind of open Pandora's box and there's a thousand different options. And you're thinking at the moment, okay, what do I do so that in 30 years, I don't regret everything I've done for the last 30 <laughs> years because I did it the wrong way and I could have saved $500,000 or, you know, it It was a lot of pressure, but it was really confusing trying to navigate all that mess. On the oh, yeah. lines, we felt like there were like 50 different voices telling us what to do. So we would have financial advisors at school tell us one thing, uh, financial planners, like third-party planners, plan us other things, our friends doing something totally different, and so we just didn't know where to turn. So I, with my lawyerly skills, just started researching like every possible option, and we finally settled on we were going to just get after it ourselves, pay it off ourselves as fast as we could, and just kind of get after it. You guys are not joking when you say there are tons of different voices out there and everyone is doing something different so yeah. <laughs> yeah that that independent research is absolutely paramount for sure and and what applies to your situation and that's why everyone has a different way you know because everyone's situation is so different so that's awesome um and then also through this journey you guys kind of started documenting it and sharing it with everyone else tell us about that yeah so we started our blog which is deeplyindebt.com really just as a yeah like documenting our journey like this is what we're doing we didn't have 
anyone telling us what they were doing really, so we were like, okay, we'll help someone else. This is what we're doing, and um, kind of hold ourselves accountable to like publicly be tracking our debt journey. Um, at the time, we graduated like four-ish years ago. Um, people were finding out how much debt we had, and it's just like falling to the floor. Like, couldn't believe we had six hundred and fifty thousand dollars of debt. But since we started, you know, being public about it, we, I mean, tons of people have, are in our situation, especially people who have gone to health school or medical school or those kind of more tech professional schools. It's just those student loan balances are like insane. So. Well, and kind of starting out, there were a couple times I remember I, I told Amber, hey, write about this and just see what people's opinions are like, are we totally off base with what we're doing? Because kind of like Amber said, you know, you talk with, I specifically remember going to a few dinner things with financial planners during school. And all they wanted to do was sell me life and disability insurance. Like they had, they weren't there to help me financially plan my life. If you get what I'm saying. And, um, and so it was frustrating. So kind of starting out, that was my angle with Amber's blog and things was, hey, shoot this out and let's go through the comments and just, you know, let, let's make a place where people can kind of come together and come up with solutions because financial planners weren't going to help. <laughs> yeah. And and as you're going, it seems like plans changed. How how has it kind of ebbed, oh, yeah. ebbed and flowed as you've gone on? It you know it. We graduated school. We had one little kid. Um, I was going to be an associate, and all this. Meaning, meaning he was not going to own his own yeah. practice. And so you you start and you start thinking, wow, you know what? If I own. I can pay debt off a lot faster. But then as you start going through that process, it's well, then we're taking out another giant loan for that. Or you add a couple kids and you start having to, you know, okay, let's start their college funds or start saving money. So we're, you know, whereas at first we put basically everything into our student loans, we still have that mindset and that's, that's our game plan. We're not going to change from that. And that's, one of our big things is once you choose something, try and stick with it. Um, but yeah, we've had to kind of change percents a little bit because of kids, because of now owning a practice and having that debt and kind of rolling with it. You have to adapt. Yeah, it's not it's not a linear path at all. It's like a like a draw. It would be like you know, like lots of like loops and circles and. <laughs> Uh, just, just straight, you know, like you might hope it would, but it, as long as you're headed in the right, you know, direction, it's all good. Heck yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and there's also different periods in your life where you might be able to be more aggressive than others. Um, and that's something that you kind of have to work in there as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, for or, sure. And that's, you know, you keep hoping that, all right, you know, let's get this going or that going so that. We can be more aggressive because we've kind of had to hold back a little bit. And, you know, it just, the big thing, though, is with your game plan, with our game plan was, yeah, we started on some income-based things 
um, with that plan, the plan in mind that we were going to refinance once our income hit a certain level and then go that route. But you don't want to do an income-based repayment for 15 years and all of a sudden decide to refinance. You know, there, there's certain things that, yes, like Amber said, you adjust and change, but don't change something like that. Yeah. 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 Those are some pretty, pretty big plays that can have um, some significant consequences if they're not played, if those cards aren't played at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> so has there been anything that has like had the biggest impact with how you approach this debt? Um, you mean like how, like what kind of helped us decide to pay it off? Like, yeah, and and just kind of like those family priorities, it's there. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely when our son was born. So he was born my last semester of law school, which is when I talked earlier about like he had the balance of having a heart attack. Um, I think he was definitely probably like the most influential thing in, um, you know, us deciding that we were going to separate and got for debt, you know, finances in order. Um, I just you know, to give him a good life now, we wanted him to be able to play sports and, you know, pay for things. Kids are not cheap, but, <laughs> but we also wanted to, like, leave a legacy and be able to leave him with something besides a whole bunch of debt. And I think I, yeah. I grew up in a family where my parents were really you know, averse to debt, you, you take debt out for school as needed, um, your home, and that's basically it. Um, and so, well, and there, I get that this is, you know, there are two trains of thoughts and you could talk about this for hours on end and people could argue about doing an IBR and investing versus throwing all your money down. But for me, I sleep better at night knowing that my debt's going to be gone sooner. Yes. And you just hit the nail on the head. Um, with all these different theories and different ways to do things, I like to tell people, and especially when we're talking about an emergency fund, because um, you know I work usually, or I should say most of the time with the Air Force. And so you have you know young airmen, they're 17 and 18, and then you have your older senior leadership that are in their 50s and 60s. And so their opinions about emergency funds and how much they should be are all over the spectrum. And then you mix in, you know, industry recommendations and research. <laughs> and I just, I flat out tell them, you know what? Whatever is going to make you sleep at night, that's what you need to have. Yep. Absolutely. Very minimum, you know, we need to have our insurance deductibles if you you really like living on the edge. But when it comes down to it and what method you're going to use for emergency funds or debt repayment or whatever, it's what's going to make you sleep at night. Yeah. Personal finance is personal. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Finally, for sure. So looking at obviously how we come up with what we want to do, what is your kind of debt philosophy? I, I'll answer and then I'll let Sydney have a turn. But um, for me, it's paying off debt that's not attached. That's not attached to an asset. So any type of debt that is not associated with something earning us money, we want to get rid of as fast as we possibly can. So 
artists we can out. They're not doing anything for us. We want to pay them off as fast as we can. In contrast to Danny's Spill Practice. Um, Danny's Spill Practice earns us money. It brings in an income. So we're less concerned about paying that debt off as quickly as we can. And you'll hear people, I've heard people say, well, your the money, the debt you took out to get your degree, you know, they relate it the same as taking out debt for practice. It's all so you can do your job. Um, but basically what Amber said, as soon as we have this school debt gone, that's kind of the big one for me. I, I don't know that I'll rush to pay off my practice debt. And maybe, you know, we'll reevaluate that once our school debt's gone. Um, but living like a student's kind of killing me some days, especially with the fast car <laughs> and renting a small house. It, you know, <laughs> I'm ready to to feel like a dentist a little bit more. Uh, sure. But uh, you know, we'll reevaluate that when it when that time comes. Though. So let's talk about um, avoiding lifestyle creep because that's something that you know you guys mentioned, and that's one of the key components to how you're able to be so successful. What has that looked like for you between like, yeah, I want to live like a dentist. I want to be able to have these, you know, bigger, nicer things or whatever. How do you talk yourself out of it? Um, have a wife like Amber. <laughs> I mean, it, when I talk with friends, you know, they're always talking about how much, you know, oh, their wife went and did this or spent that and, I have to force Amber to use birthday gift cards that she got for herself and not buy other people's birthdays present with her birthday gift cards. Uh, <laughs> that's how frugal she is. Um, it, it's tough, but you, you just have to have that, you know, focus. And one of the big things I think for me personally is I don't make jump rash purchases if i all of a sudden feel like oh man i want to get that i'll sit on it for at least a week even longer if i still feel like it after that you know was it something i really wanted or was it just something that oh, well that looked really cool but i don't actually need but I, so i think just focusing on your why like why do i start this that journey in the first place you know is it worth putting off being debt free to, you know, go ahead and buy like our dream home or whatever, um, when we could be opening up all that cash flow from not having the debt and um, creating a better life for our family down the line. Yeah, but at the same time, we also see people within the debt free community who don't allow themselves, you know, any kind of like personal spending or they just kind of neglect the self-care that they need. Um, how have you guys been able to balance those types of things that help us feel rejuvenated, help us, um, you know, just recharge to keep pushing forward? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think we in our marriage just have kind of a good dynamic because Danny's more of a spender, I'm more of a saver, but neither of us are like, he's not an extreme spender and I'm not an extreme saver. So like, we kind of pull each other somewhere towards the middle, um, for one thing. And where are you going? Well, just, yeah, there are those moments where I'm just, you know, feeling burnt out. I supposedly make money, but I see none of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just, 
you know, I'll, I'll, I'll still, I won't make the rash purchases. I'll wait a little bit, but, um, we talk about it. I'll, I'll let Amber know, Hey, this is what's going on. And, um, just as a heads up, look for, look out for that payment in the future. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to do it. But again, it's not that I'm spending $500 on something. It, it's, it's small stuff. But I think that's good. Yeah, exactly. Like giving yourself room in your budget to do things. Like I think a lot about, it's kind of the delicate balance between like, Hey, you only live once. And then also like, yeah, we need to get out of debt. So it's not like the end goal is not to just be like frugal and miserable and never spend a dollar and be sad all the time. It's just, we're trying to meet these goals. So you work that into your budget and you work some fun into your budget and you know, you can do it that way. And I think you can be creative about how you figure out how to do things. Like we went to New Zealand last year for two weeks and we hardly paid a dollar for it. Like we only paid for food over there, um, just using credit card points. So I think just trying to think outside the box and then also being smart about your budget, working it into your budget. Cause it's just like a diet. Like if you're too restrictive, you're going to binge. <laughs> so if, if spending is a problem, if, if one of um, someone in the marriage is like an overspender and you restrict them too hard, I really think that they'll eventually binge. And so you need to, you need to find some little ground where you're still both happy and enjoying it. Cool. So there definitely is a delicate balance between taking time for yourself and being strategic and also remaining laser focused. Um, there's several like Facebook groups that I'll casually, you know, s- scroll on. And uh, this was actually quite a while ago. There was an individual that was working on becoming debt free. And she mentioned on the post that her daughter was getting married and the daughter was taking care of all of the expenses for the wedding but she didn't have the cash to cash flow her travel to the wedding. And so she was contemplating not going, which absolutely broke my heart because, you know, there's sometimes where, you know what, if you don't have money for it, there's just some things you don't miss, right? Like it's a balance between, yeah, like your daughter's getting married and that's something that you don't miss. What would your advice be to someone who's trying to figure out how to balance like those important things, but also staying laser focused. Well, for sure, life or death or once in a lifetime opportunities, those are things you don't miss. So kind of we were talking about you only live once versus you're paying off debt. If it's something that like you know you're going to regret that and it is a monumental event in your life or a loved one's life, like that's something that you don't miss. And you can plan for it better, you know, like you can work a little side hustle leading up to it to try to cash flow it or to hurry and pay off, um, pay off as quickly as you can. You can be creative about it. It's not, oh, I can't afford it, so I'm not going to do it. The question is, like, how can I afford it? I'm going to do it. I mean, <laughs> just, you know, off the hip, like, okay, a flight, if you knew far enough in advance, you could also do it a little after. Donate plasma twice a month. That's like 60 bucks a month right there. <laughs> Um, back in our undergrad, we actually did do the whole plasma thing, but I mean, thinking about it now makes me want to pass out, but but that was one of our little side hustles in our undergrad. Yeah. But there's a million things. I mean, literally any, any job, any side hustle to get it, 
cannot if it's a concern, you know, that you won't be able to pay it off. And I think, you know, if it's one of those, someone's getting married or there's a funeral or something like that, those are a bit more, um, I don't want to say obvious because it, you know, it's not always obvious as your situation shows, but um, they're a bit more apparent. In other circumstances, maybe it would help to write things down, you know, write the pro pros and cons list. Why should you, why shouldn't you? sit on it for a week if after a week you still really you know if it's a big pro then possibly i think not enough people think creatively about their situation they just look at it as black and white instead of asking questions you know asking how asking you know like figuring things out everything is figured out like you don't have to just accept something for what it is you Go after it and think, think outside of the box. Yep, absolutely. I have a client who um, they purchased a car. Long story short, um, they needed two thousand dollars in two weeks, and they called me. And I said, you know, I'm really good at what I do, but I'm not a miracle worker. <laughs> you know, um, but <laughs> they got really creative. And I have the best clients, you know, they're the ones that do the magic. And they signed up for an app called Rover and they watch dogs or took dogs on walks. And, um, you know, it's, you're right. It's being creative and she enjoys dogs. Would I like to do that? Probably not, but she loved it and it got them the money that they needed in time. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are always so many learning opportunities for you, for other people, and, and your experience. So what are a few things or one thing do you wish you knew before going into this debt? I wish I knew how crippling it was going to be. Like, the advice we were given going into school was, oh, student loans are good debt, and you'll be able to pay it off given your profession. But I wish I had sat down or someone had sat down with me and just crunched numbers. Like, if this is your income, or if this is your debt, this is the income you're going to need to pay it off. And um, just kind of gone in, like, we knew we are going into a lot of debt for school, but I wish I had known specifics. And I think I would have worked harder to help Danny get into, like, a school that costs significantly less. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big one that, um, just under, and it, it's tough. It, it's almost like when you have a kid, you know, that kid's coming, people tell you all sorts of parenting tips and, oh, get ready for this. Or, oh, you're not going to sleep. And you're in your head. You're like, oh yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to do this. Or we're not going to be able to go out or things like that. You don't really get it until you actually have the kid though. And I feel like that's almost how it is with debt where, you know, people were saying, oh, yep, you're going to have to pay it off. Or, you know, I had one faculty, he was a dentist um, in our clinic at school who saw my debt and was just like, he kind of laughed and I was like, wow, you guys are screwed. Um, and he was respectable. We trusted his opinion. He was a good businessman as a dentist. And so when he said that, it was like, oh, wow. But it it's tough to really... Um, understand until you're just there but I, I guess that would be my thing is I wish somehow I could have understood better that hey 
this will be my income. And if I'm really wanting to pay it off, this is how much I'm going to have to throw into that every month. Um, yeah. It, you know, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and when you go to a bank to get a personal loan or a car loan or a mortgage, they use qualifying factors to give you that loan. And student loan debt is one of the only, you know, credit sources that doesn't check anything. You know, yeah. you felt your FAFSA, you're going to school and they're like, yep, we'll give you money. And so, um, and the education around it really isn't like you're saying, you know, isn't that robust. So college is a huge part of how transition to adulthood and lots of people let it paralyze them and put off getting married and starting a family. How did you guys not let your situation paralyze you from growing your family? I think we just had to make the conscious decision that like there's no perfect time to have a family. There's always going to be something that comes up, some reason to not get married, some reason to not have kids, whether it's you know, a promotion at work or you're not waiting for that big promotion or waiting to change jobs or you could always be waiting for something. So you kind of, like for us, we just made the conscious decision that we wanted to get married. We wanted to start our family. And, you know, that was the clear path for us. It's easy to let yourself get um, caught up in the waiting game instead of just taking it under control. But that's ultimately what it takes, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, a lot of people wait for like the right time, but there's always going to be something that you think of that is not the right reason to like have kids, right? Like you're never going to have enough savings or the perfect job. <laughs> Literally, you're never going to have enough savings or kids. I mean, they're cute, but they're expensive. So, you know, you, you kind of just have to roll with it. <laughs> it's just one of those things like people can – explain it to you until they're blue in the face but it's one of those things that like you don't know until you experience it and you just have to be able to experience it to like learn what you need to learn to roll it you know and just roll with the punches with it mm -hmm. exactly and you know also from a religious perspective like keeping that eternal perspective and recognizing that you're going to take your family with you you're not going to take your debt or your money or your like financial status here when we all move on from this life yes absolutely i think um especially in like debt payoff journeys we get kind of hyper focused on that goal of paying off debt or um you know meeting savings goals and whatever when it's like kind of funny because i mean yeah it's important to pay off debt for sure personal finances are very important but like you said, you can't take any of that with you. Thankfully, your debt doesn't follow you when you die. And so, yeah, if you have that perspective, I mean, it's obvious what choice to make. So true. Sure. Totally, totally agree. Okay. So to close things up, um, we want to make sure that everyone who listens has enough tools in their tool belt to feel like they can get through um, you know, whatever their debt journey has handed them. And you guys have come up with an amazing resource that is really unique. Can you tell us about the app that you guys have created? 
Yeah, we recently launched an app. It's called Payback. Um, what it is basically is a debt tracker, uh, debt calculator, and then it offers social connections. So it puts all of your debt in one easy to see place, and then you can run scenarios with the debt calculators to figure out ways to save money on your debt and pay off faster. And then what I love about it is the social connection. So you can follow like your real life friends and family, or you can meet people inside the app. Um, like each other's debt journey. So um, when your friends are like hitting milestones, like, hey, your friend paid off $2,000 of debt, you know, you can like it. You're like, oh, where'd you go? And um, it's been really powerful. It's been really fun to watch everyone supporting each other. I think that support is what is so lacking in um, just kind of that that part of personal finances. They're so personal, but when you can share that and like kind of take the stigma away of like, Oh, being in debt is a neutral experience. It's not like a good or bad thing. It's something we all feel like a lot of us are working towards getting out of. And so it's been really fun. That's awesome. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can kind of um, find people who are in similar situations. So if you're paying off, you know, a six-figure debt compared to maybe a five-figure or um, – even just yeah. a couple hundred dollars, right? Right, exactly. So you can see, um, you can see for sure see what amount of debt someone has paid off and what they are still paying off, and that way um, it's kind of helpful because, like for us, we had six hundred and fifty thousand dollars of debt. So when we see someone with like ten thousand dollars of debt, we're like, "Oh, you're doing great! Like you basically don't have debt." <laughs> Even though, of course, that's not how they feel, but. Um, but that way, you know, like people can relate to who they're following instead of, you know, like feeling jealous that that person only has so much debt and we're like buried in it. Yes, 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 yes. A million times. And that's really what we need. And I think something that we've all realized this year is we need that community. We need those people who understand where we're coming from. Um, so I love that you guys have created a, a safe space where people can go um, to get that. And um I know that there's a free version of the app as well. So always a big um, proponent for free resources. And then, of course, you can upgrade with it. Um, and can they find this in the Apple Store? Yep, exactly. It's available in the App Store. Um, it's currently not available on the Android. Okay, perfect. Great. Well, that is definitely good to know. We appreciate you. This been It's been really great. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Lovebirds, wasn't that absolutely incredible? They are so inspiring. And if you found this helpful and you found this inspiring, would you leave a review on Google or Apple Podcasts so that other people can find this podcast and be inspired just like you have? Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.